and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go along with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We release two Vegas update videos every single week on Tuesdays and Fridays and combine them into this podcast. On this week's show, we're going to discuss the best of Las Vegas 2022 award winners, including some surprising choices, best downtown hotel, best trip hotel, and a lot more. Plus, the Raiders are spending money to improve Allegiant Stadium. Is the MSG Sphere in trouble? We'll discuss that. Plus, Mirage has now transitioned to Hard Rock ownership, but there have been a few woes. What's going on there? Plus, learn how to match your status from MGM Rewards to get a potential credit and perks at the new Mirage-owned Hard Rock Las Vegas. All of that coming up right now, plus New Year's Eve, everything you need to know about the fireworks shows and entertainment in the city. Tons coming up on this show. Before we get into it, if you like our content, don't forget to leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. It helps us a lot. You can find all of our Vegas posts videos and podcasts at mtmvegas.com thanks so much for listening let's hit it so mark did you see that great ending at the uh, raiders patriots game these two teams have had some incredible games over the years including that uh, tuck rule game but this uh, i've never seen anything like it yeah it was it it was so bizarre i don't know what what the patriots were thinking you know did they not realize there was an overtime they could go to usually you don't see this with a bill belichick team it'd be like my detroit lions would pull something like this but i don't know what the plan was there they just didn't want to do overtime but it's amazing that he intercepted it and then stiff-armed mac jones right down to the ground it made him look like a little little kid and just ran it all the way in it was pretty not the best football finish ever that would be whoa trouble with the snap for sure but uh right up there all right mark welcome back from europe and i hope you had a great trip and i'm in mexico as you can see from my cruise ship cabin behind me but uh, we're going to talk about the best of las vegas because that came out this week while you were gone and this is sort of an interesting thing because it's voted on by the people controversial because you know who knows if there's pay to play or what goes on with this but you always get some surprising best ofs and uh, this year is no different did you have time to look through the list yeah i went through it a bit i mean it's a massive list i'm surprised that they they vote on so much stuff like each category now you know who the best dentist in las vegas is yeah best dentist best everything it's crazy (laughs) yeah it was uh there's a lot to go through i'm like scrolling and scrolling i'm like wow this is this is a lot of stuff to put top threes to but it was interesting to see i was surprised by a lot of it though yeah so let's talk about a few things now we'll start with the best weird attraction which is close to my heart the berlin wall at main street station peeing on the berlin wall glad to see that got the gold award for the best in las vegas uh best ride they had the thrill rides at strat slotzilla and high roller i guess i can't really argue uh with that but maybe an adventure dome coaster or something best downtown hotel el cortez then plaza then fremont I guess Derek yeah, I Stevens didn't pay enough money to get on the list. <laughs> I was surprised because, you know, Circa for sure. And then I love Golden Nugget downtown. And I think that's probably, you know, some of their towers are the nicest rooms, I think, on Fremont. So I was surprised that that didn't and it, it didn't even end up in the best pool. And I love their pool with the shark tank and the slide through it. So I was surprised it didn't make it on either spot there. I guess, you know, maybe they didn't uh, shell out any cash, like you said. Yeah, or I mean, a lot of this is marketing campaigns, right? Getting your players, getting your loyalists to go vote. So the casinos and hotels that really focus on it and the marketing of it, I think do a little bit better. So I guess that's the official answer where I know there's controversy and conspiracies and all that, but I don't think that there really is pay to play with this, but who knows. All right, so 
Best Hotel Lobby, Aria, Venetian, and Bellagio. This one I feel like, you know, they pretty much nailed it. Although I would say Venetian's is the nicest lobby of all of them. Maybe Bellagio second. I wouldn't put Aria at the top, but it's certainly a pretty nice lobby. So uh, I can't complain with that. And the one thing I had an issue though, did you see the best wedding chapel in Las Vegas? The Little Church of the West wasn't on the list <laughs> where Elvis and I got married. So yeah. I feel like this whole thing needs to be thrown out. Maybe with uh, them requiring Elvis cards now, you know, it doesn't, uh, people aren't doing it and it's not the real Elvis so they knocked it off the list I don't know so let's talk a few others and there's so many as Mark said so we'll put a link in the description I just picked out the most interesting ones we could honestly go on for 20 or 30 who, minutes who won the best about all of them. best magic show was it was it angel or what <laughs> <laughs> no all right so uh, was there a best magic show I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say I don't think he won it if there was no, one I don't think there was <laughs> all right so best strip Hotel, Venetian, Cosmo, win. So Venetian number one, Cosmo number two, win number three. I would actually have them in that reverse order. So I guess I can't complain too much about that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I haven't been in a Venetian room in, in probably like 10 years. And I thought they were a little beat up back then. I'm sure they've updated them. It is nice that you get a suite, but yeah, I would say win has to be top, I think, you know, overall. So I'm kind of surprised. All right, so best strip pool. This is one that's so funny. So on the top of the list is the Tahiti Village. And this is a timeshare south of Las Vegas I, Boulevard, not really on the Strip. I had to Google it because I was like, what, what is that? <laughs> the funny thing about this is when this place opened maybe 10, 15 years ago, they used to have these advertisements on TV with Alan Thicke. And he was standing inside of a wave pool. And if you looked really closely, it's, and it was advertising specifically for Tahiti Village, but it was actually filmed at Mandalay Bay's pool. Now, Tahiti Village does have a nice pool area with a lazy river, but <laughs> I always thought that was really funny. Alan Thicke uh, shilling for Tahiti Village in Mandalay Bay. Uh, but that one number one, so I guess the marketing works. Venetian number two, which I like their pool area, but I don't think it's anything special. And then Mandalay Bay, which is the one I would pick as the number one, finishes in number three. Interesting. Yeah, I loved I love Mandalay Bay's pool. I, I did look at pictures of Tahiti Village when I was Googling it because I didn't know what it was when it won first. So I was, I was shocked. But uh, it, it does look like a cool tropical feel. It, it reminds me a bit of what Hard Rock used to be, like the design, like zero entry in. I think there looked like there's even like a little sandy area which kind of gives me that that type of vibe. So I could see why it would be, you know, well well received, but I'm surprised that that many people would vote for it. I don't know. It, maybe all the owners really wanted it on the list. Best loyalty club, we'll, we'll finish with this. Station Casinos, then Boyd Gaming, then Emerald Isle. So all the local places getting support. Same thing was interesting. They had Best Locals Casinos, and then it just said Station Casinos won. Like, they couldn't figure out a specific Station Casino. Uh, then number two was Boyd Gaming, they couldn't figure out one of their properties, so they just gave the award to all of them. El Cortez number three at the uh, Best Locals Casino. So El Cortez on this list quite a few times in all kinds of different categories, including for locals. It kind of tells you how that property draws from all different demographics and how it's sort of coming to its second coming because it was terrible <laughs> 15, 20 years ago. I mean, terrible. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't forget <laughs> the smell. All right, so let's talk about the problems with Las Vegas Boulevard. What might not surprise you is that I'm a, a bit of a nerd when it comes to like city planning stuff. Like it's not something that's in my wheelhouse, but I like to watch YouTube videos about it. And there's a couple channels like City Nerd and Life is Beautiful on YouTube that do great jobs. And uh, there was this Twitter thread that came up talking about 
Las Vegas Boulevard and how it really fails pedestrians, drivers, and everybody else. And mainly that's because it's been added on and expanded over the years and it just doesn't really work for anybody. Kind of called, uh, they call it in that sort of world a strode, which is a big, wide road that doesn't work for, for anybody, just like I described. Um, and some interesting things in this thread on Twitter talking about how they could fix it. And one of them would be like a streetcar or light rail right down the middle of Las Vegas Boulevard. And you reduce the number of lanes down to two, which restricts capacity, but then you add the, the light transit in there. And this sounds just like a phenomenal idea. Uh, at a time where all of our pedestrian bridges are breaking and the infrastructure, it's really sort of shocking to see parts of Las Vegas Boulevard and how bad they are and some of the infrastructure is when this is one of the biggest entertainment districts in the entire world. I mean, I would love to see it go, I know this will never happen, go to straight to Fremont Street setup where you just make it all pedestrian walking. And, and I think the good point they make in the Twitter thread is, it's such a pain to get around as a pedestrian, like going up and over the bridges and back down. And, you know, it'd be nice if you could just freely walk from one casino to the next across the street and not have to deal with any of it. And the, you know, the exhaust and everything that comes from it, loud noises, people gunning their cars and everything you, you hear. So I would love that. I don't know. You know, I, I would imagine the loop is supposed to take some of the cars off the road. I don't know if it will when it's all finished. So I don't know if they need... Do they need to add another thing on the strip if they if this is functioning the way it's supposed to be? Yeah, I wish they would have gone back in the very beginning days and made it, you know, hey, let's make this a foot traffic area. Let's make this a pedestrian way. Open carry everywhere with uh, drinking and everything. I think it'd be a lot of, similar to what they do for like New Year's Eve or fireworks, 4th of July stuff where they shut it down and let people out there. I had the lucky experience when I was a kid of getting to cross those streets before the pedestrian bridges existed. We stayed at the Tropicana. I would go to the Excalibur. This is the late 80s, right after it opened. And I can remember getting hit, almost hit by so many cars going through that crosswalk. And so I do think the bridges have been an improvement, but you're right, the smog, the noise, the sidewalks are too narrow in areas. So even if we didn't put a light rail, maybe perhaps narrow the strip down, which will help uh, discourage traffic and uh, maybe do some dedicated bus lanes, maybe expand you know, for the deuce, maybe expand the sidewalks. But it doesn't seem like anybody cares about any of this, but especially as Vegas has gotten more crowded, it's gotten pretty miserable in certain spots on the Strip that just weren't meant for the volume of people uh, that are coming through. So uh, let us know in the comments what you guys think of this. I always find this subject very interesting. It's clear that Las Vegas Boulevard doesn't work well, right? You, Like you said, you have noise and traffic and broken bridges, so you're going up and down stairs all the time. And... You know, maybe they should just build a canopy and put a big light show over it. That would be fun. Yes, that would be awesome. Speaking of shows, uh, Plaza announced their New Year's Eve fireworks show again for this year. And you know I'm obsessed with these drone shows, right? And I was listening to their podcast. They do have a podcast, the Plaza people. I think it's on the corner of Main Street is what it's called. And uh, they were talking about how that Formula One drone show at Caesars Palace inspired them for uh, this show. So... Plaza always stepping it up on New Year's Eve, and now we're getting drones finally for a New Year's Eve show, and that makes me happy. Yeah, I know we've talked in the past, like, our drone shows, the new fireworks, is that where it will go? Because so many people complain about their dogs getting scared and just the loud noises and everything, and I love fireworks, but drones are, are like, the next level. So I think it'd be cool, especially with, if they can somehow work them in together, where they have drones and fireworks at the same time. I don't know if it'll be drones first, then fireworks, or, or how they'll mix it up, but... It is so cool. It's, it's such a unique thing to see, and I've seen it on other videos. I've never seen it live. I'd love to see it live. So the Raiders, when they got their big deal for their $750 million in public financing, part of that deal in their lease 
is that they have to spend money on capital improvements each year in order to keep it a state-of-the-art NFL facility. They're going to spend $7.5 million this year to upgrade the facilities. And Mark, looking at what they're going to do, it basically seems like they forgot that it gets really, really hot in Las Vegas in the summertime. So they're going to add shade. Uh, they even have to do stuff for the grass to make it uh, less, more sunproof so that the grass doesn't burn out. And then some bollards and stuff to help protect people during big events like the Super Bowl. So uh, mostly that sort of stuff. Nothing crazy. Yeah, I'm surprised, you know, on the grass that you put all that time and money into it. You're moving it out of the stadium for maybe, what, 10 games a year that you use it? Well, I guess UNLV uses it for games, too. So let's say 15 to 20 games a year. UNLV actually has turf underneath. So when that game, that grass is only used for the Raiders and then UNLV's field sits underneath it. Well, then even less games, but you're spending all this time and money on it. And, you know, it doesn't even get used most of the year. It seems crazy. I'm surprised they didn't go with turf because of that. Um, I know people probably prefer grass players and everything, but with how good turf is these days, I wouldn't think it'd be that bad of a thing. And, you know, I doubt they can use the grass that we talked about a couple weeks ago at golf courses to, to keep the watering down and everything. But just the amount of maintenance, I, I can't even imagine to put into this 100 yards of field, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, but it's good to see Allegiant getting some upgrades. The financing on that stadium is finally fixed. Now that tourism comes back and it's all fully funded as far as the tax revenue. So good days ahead. And we talked about, or I talked about on the last show, how it was the number one grossing stadium in the world for concerts. All right, and the big story of this week is the MSG Sphere. An update on that as the price has skyrocketed to over $2 billion, $2.17 billion. In fact, this will make it the most expensive a venue in Las Vegas above Allegiant Stadium, which was $1.9 billion. And Madison Square Garden, the owner of this, they are under some financial pressures and they've talked about restructuring their entire company, maybe even spinning off the uh, sort of sports and entertainment divisions and just sort of restructuring at a time where they're kind of struggling to get this thing past the finish line, although it does seem like they have the funding to get it there. So first off, it does seem like the MSG Sphere is safe. I guess nothing is 100%, but Even Wall Street analysts believe this thing is going to get finished. And uh, we got an update on how they're planning to sell ads. That's a big part of their revenue. Corporate sponsorships, ads for different conventions, for different events, and using that screen uh, for all of that stuff as uh, even when they're not really having events inside. Another interesting thing that came in this Nevada Independent article was that they said that the outside screen is going to be ready by Formula One which is the first time I had heard that the inside might not be ready for Formula One. So maybe more delays, and who knows what the final cost will be. It started, I think, at $1.8 billion. We're at $2.17, which everything's gotten more expensive. That makes sense. But could it go even higher before they get it finished? Yeah, I, I, I imagine that they're focusing on the outside so they can get those ads up for Formula One. You know, a lot of people, a lot of eyeballs out there. I'm sure they can charge a hefty price, especially it'll be on TV too, you know, kind of a focal point on TV. So that's not surprising, but, you know, like you said, we didn't know that they weren't going to be finished inside. Now, I don't know what where how they're going to pay back the $2 because, you know, we just talked about the Allegiant Stadium being the most successful, and they brought in, what, like $125 million in revenue from concerts and stuff. And I know that it's going to be more focused at the MSG sphere where they'll have more, but still, that's a long payback for a $2 billion investment. So, it's not surprising to see that they're focusing on ads, everything like that. I wonder if that was a focal point of Resorts World when they put that the big video screen on the front of the building, thinking that they could offset some costs, you know, with ads. I wonder 
how well they're doing with that compared to what they projected. I don't know. It's going to be a tough, you know, road to hoe, I think, to get all that money back. It sounds like the experience is going to be really amazing if it all comes together. And I'm, I'm guessing the tickets are going to be at a huge premium compared to other concert venues because of that. But if they pull it off, it'll probably be the best place in the world to get an all-immersive concert when it's said and done. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about something that's so unique to the world that doesn't really exist. And sometimes you need people to go out on a limb in order to get stuff like this, right? Madison Square Garden clearly has, uh, MSG Group has clearly like put themselves out there. They are going to fund this with cash flow from, you know, they own the Rangers and the Knicks, they own Madison Square Garden, they own the Radio City Music Hall, they own Tao nightclubs, and among other things. So they do have some very successful businesses, uh, but they're going to really have to work hard to get this through the finish line. One other interesting thing I saw was that for the first time I heard them talking about other sporting events in addition to concerts. While you can't have like basketball or football games or anything like that, you can have boxing, MMA, so think of UFC fights, and other kind of events that don't require a huge amount of floor space. So that adds a whole bunch of other things, especially with the prevalence of UFC. Can you imagine sitting in there with the crazy screens going on and uh, all the tech that goes with that, watching a, a heavyweight boxing match or a UFC title match? So I do think the potential's there. If Allegiant is you know, financially okay, because you have to really amortize this spend over a long period of time, and it's $1.9 billion, and other stadiums have cost similar. I mean, SoFi, didn't SoFi Stadium cost like $4.5 billion to build or something crazy? That's the California So it's not tax. like it's the most outrageous project. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it does seem like there is an opportunity here, but we're going to see that screen on the outside, which is just massive and going to be impressive. There's going to be ads on it 24-7, right? You're going to fly over it. You're going to see ads when there's not things going on. So that is another revenue stream, but... I just want to make sure this thing gets built. That's all that's important to me. I do wonder, like, you know, people coming in, and I'm sure that all the big names will want to be in there because it's such a unique experience, but they're going to have to, like, tailor make their show just for this. You know, it's not like where you go everywhere else on your tour and you do the same show in each city. I feel like they're going to have to put a lot of effort into making this and and take advantage of everything that's available to them. You know, we've we've talked about how they have that place in Burbank where they're going to set up like kind of pre-game the show and get it all lined up and stuff. Will that scare some people away? Will they not want to put that effort in? Is the cost too high uh, to start that? So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out, you know, with all this. Because, I'm, you know, if you're not taking advantage of everything, what's the point? Yeah, there's a lot to find out. And we're going to be marching closer through 2023 to an eventual opening. So we're going to get to see all of this stuff. We'll get to see the venue sort of mature into what it's going to be. And there's still a lot of content, a lot of things that they're not sharing about what they have planned for, how they're going to use this stuff. So we're still in the dark a little bit, but it's exciting. And I thought it was time for an update because we heard so much news this week about the parent company, the problems, their stock got beat up, analysts are really challenging them. They've talked about cost cutting and restructuring through the company and how they're funding this through their cash flows. So it's a struggle for them right now, a lot up in the air. But they're so deep into this project that was announced, I think, in 2018 that uh, I believe it's going to get finished. And it's looking good, man. It's an icon everywhere. It's amazing how you can see it from just about everywhere in the valley, the different views. And I can't wait to see that screen turned on. But let us know what you guys think about all of this. What, what do you think? Do you think the MSG Sphere is going to get built? Or is it going to turn into the next Fountain Blue, just sit there, abandoned? Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, are you excited? I know there's re there's that rumor for the U2 residency. Who would you like to see perform there? What about a UFC or boxing match? I think that would be 
amazing. Although we don't know the sight lines from all the seats, but I, I think it'd be cool. So Mark, this holiday season, Caesars is giving all of their employees a great gift. It's a $100 gift card, but the uh, the catch is that you can only use it at Caesars properties. So admission for one into Bacchanal Buffet or something else, good or not good? I mean, it's something at least. I, I remember getting like a $15 grocery gift card once for, for Christmas for my work, and they only bought it because it was a big client and they had to spend money. So they're like, all right, we'll buy everybody gift cards. So it's better than nothing, but... Yeah, the fact that it's, you know, only at Caesar's property is is a bit, bit cheap, but hey, you know, I don't I don't know, do you want to dine where you work? Uh, most people probably don't. Yeah, I mean, and they have some good restaurants, right? I mean, who doesn't like a good Guy Fieri burger? I remember working at MGM Grand back in the 90s, and back then they treated you really well for, like, Thanksgiving. You would go pick up a turkey and all the fixings and everything else, and they would give you gift cards, and then there was profit sharing for Christmas, uh, but that was the old days of Vegas, not the current days of Vegas. A $100 gift card is better than nothing, as you say. A few free cocktails, I guess. Yeah, I, I think somebody else commented that MGM doesn't give people anything anymore uh, below it on Twitter. Now, we don't know if they work there or not. But yeah, at least it's something I'd probably go to Vanderpump and, and hang out there and get a couple cocktails. You know, there definitely is some good options. I just know a lot of people, I mean, you can't get drunk at work. So <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little upset, Sean. You didn't get the memo. We're supposed to be wearing ugly Christmas sweaters. You know, it's the holiday episode. I know, I know. I got my ugly orange uh, shirt. I'm channeling That's a right. uh, Netherlands soccer fan from the World Cup. That's from Halloween. You, you, you mixed up the holidays. Oh, well. Oh, well. I didn't bring it on this cruise. But uh, let's get into the show, Mark, because uh, did you hear that more people are robbing casinos than ever before? Uh, we've had, what, four robberies now in the last six weeks? We talked about Resorts World and Gold Coast, and now just this week, what, Silverton and Green Valley Ranch were hit, and there's a bolo out on a guy. We're not quite sure which of these robberies he's uh, responsible for, but I think the Silverton one based on the picture, but apparently he's stealing cars from valets. He's robbed a number of casinos in November and December. Again, we're not sure if he's suspected in all of the robberies, but yeah, we have a serial robber on the loose in Las Vegas, four casinos in six weeks robbed here. I think that's the problem with robber robberies and and burglars and stuff. They they can never get enough. Like if you just stopped after one or two, like you got away with it, just called a day, but they keep going, so they'll end up getting caught. But you know, we made the jokes back when pandemic was you know big time in 2020, and everybody was wearing masks going in everywhere. That it felt weird going into a bank like Wild Wild West with a you know a thing covering your face, and you know he's taking that to advantage going in all masked up with gloves. And normally that'd be a dead giveaway. Somebody's doing something shady, but now it just oh okay, that's normal. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a welcoming thing, I guess, for if you're a, if you're a robber. But it seems like they know who he is now. At least they have a profile for him, and every casino is probably looking for him. But again, we talked about this before. It seems like it's way too easy to rob a casino because the security isn't going to intervene. That seems pretty much confirmed at this point because of liability. They don't want to hurt other guests, so. I mean, eventually the people get caught, right? I mean, that's the thing with bank robberies, right? I think the odds of getting away with a single bank robbery are pretty high comparative to other things that you could do. But then the more you do it, eventually you get caught and it's hard to stop. I don't know. We'll see if, if this becomes a trend in the new world here. Yeah, let us know what you guys think. Is this crazy? Are we missing something here? Is this just very common for there to be this many robberies in such a short period of time? Or is this like a new thing? I'm very interested to hear from people out of the comments because I don't follow robberies all that closely. 
but we've talked before about how the media doesn't cover them so much. These ones got very light coverage in the media, but they always hold back a lot of details, I guess, for an investigation or whatever. But uh, yeah, super interesting stuff. Pro- probably because they don't want people to realize they can just walk in with a note and no weapon and, and walk out with 30 grand. <laughs> it seems like that's yeah. all you need. All right. Also surprising was the amount of feedback we got after our last show talking about fixing the Vegas Strip. Boy, did we trigger a lot of people, especially you, by saying that they should close off vehicular traffic, even though I don't think you actually said that was a realistic proposal, but no, you said maybe I, yeah. it would make more sense. <laughs> I said I wish they would have done that from the start, you know, if they would have planned for it. It definitely is possible if that was in the plans from the get-go, like, not possible now, but I don't know, people took it as, hey, let's shut down all the streets now. I know that wouldn't work, but if they would have designed it that way it definitely would have been it wouldn't have been a problem at all i don't think you know you can build the roads around the outside and make it kind of like an all-inclusive walkthrough place you know it's done other other areas in the country in the world so it's not like it's unheard of but i still think it'd be cool i do too but obviously not uh, plausible with the the road situation people were upset we talking about the escalators being broken saying that we're too lazy to walk upstairs. We're not talking about ourselves here. We're talking about the bigger pedestrian experience, the bigger visitor experience here. Uh, After a long day of walking on the strip, I don't think many people want to use those stairs, but it does happen. And, you know, whenever I do it, I just think, you know, I could use the exercise and I do it. It's not a personal issue for me, but the experience isn't great. And one other thing, a suggestion that one of the readers, commenters, someone on Twitter too, I don't know if it's the same person or different people, but thanks to them, Talking about like a gondola system made by Doppelmeyer or one of the other companies from Europe that builds these big gondola systems. Disney installed one in Disney World called the Skyliner, which has been very successful. And that could run down the middle of the strip, move a lot of people. It's a fraction of the cost of something like light rail. And you could use the existing bridges to kind of get people to the station. So another interesting concept, but don't get mad at us. We're just uh, we're just talking. Like I don't think anybody disagrees that the strip experience for the pedestrian is not a good one, especially considering it's like one of the most busy pedestrian corridors in the entire country. Yeah, and another person brought up the uh, the tram that you take under the bridge to Roosevelt Island, which we've both been on, and is it's really great, and, and I enjoyed it, and it's it will give you cool sight lines too, so I think it would add to it, like people would ride it just to ride it, as well as to get around, so I think that would be a kind of unique, something you don't see in the U.S. all that much, and it would be cheaper, easier, right on the strip versus the monorail that's behind all the casinos and off the strip and people forget about it or don't even know it's there. So I think it would be something that would work, but I don't think that will ever be something they even discuss. Yeah, I think we both acknowledge that none of this stuff is probably ever going to happen. Although like another thing about a gondola, like you're talking about, whether it be like a single car gondola or one of those systems like Disney Skyliner is the views would be incredible, right? I mean, Wind Palace in Macau has a gondola system exactly like this that takes you from out in the street into the casino, which is incredible and amazing, and it would work well, and it's never going to happen in Las Vegas, so don't beat us up. But I will, not, uh, I will not concede to the fact that the strip experience for a pedestrian is not very good, and we could do better. So leave your hate comments below. We'll, we'll discuss them again uh, this week. If you're mad at Mark's comment about closing off the strip, mark at milestomemories.com. That's all I got to say. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. defend him anymore. Shoot, no. <laughs> shoot me some emails. All right, so... Hard Rock has transitioned officially to taking over Mirage, and a few things happened with that, including the Unity by Hard Rock program taking over, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it seemed like there was some roughness in that first couple days. 
for a while, hotel reservations were completely down. You couldn't book a room there. And then the Unity program there, Players Club, didn't work for much of the first day. But I think they ironed it all out. And I know Vital Vegas tweeted that dealers were complaining about low tips, but it's just a very slow time of year. Also complaining that their health insurance went up by $400. The joys and pains of corporate transition, I guess. Yeah, that's a steep... Uh, increase so 400 bucks a month that's not nothing small i mean the tips i think will come especially it might be not as good for a little bit and then i think once they transform and build the new tower and stuff like you almost want to hold on because it's going to be probably one of the hotter prop- properties in vegas once it's open and fully launched and fully hard rock so i definitely wouldn't want to give up that spot i'd probably try to stick through it and see unless you know there's more costs everywhere else that's super expensive um, I know, you know, Mark uh, Meltzer did a, the, a breakdown of room rates and the uh, resort fees are high. Parking is like 18 bucks a night, which I, I think is kind of crazy, especially for something that far north on the strip. But, you know, they got to make their money, I guess. Yeah, the resort fee is 44.22, and I assume that includes tax, which is pretty similar to what it was before with MGM. And uh, yeah, they have that $18 parking, so they're not kind of debuting with free parking. They're keeping that paid parking around, which is a bit surprising to me. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I wonder what the effect is really for MGM players. Are MGM players not going to go to the Mirage anymore because they don't have MGM rewards? Will they give it a chance? Because Hard Rock is matching status, and Travel Ruby kind of confirmed that for us, saying that you're able to bring your gold or platinum card to the Unity by Hard Rock desk and get matched to their top tier status or their icon status. They do also have an invite only status above that, but you get their highest sort of normal status. And that gives you a bunch of perks, including a, uh, what, $100 credit if you're a gold or 300 if you're platinum matching to them. So you're getting sort of like a celebration type dinner experience there too. So first off, anybody who has MGM status, gold or platinum or noir, I guess, you should absolutely go match, get your free credit. Might as well do that and you're going to get status. So you should get some equivalent perks and maybe even some comp offers, right, by getting this status. I know when I did my match in Atlantic City, I got uh, quite a few offers right after that that I couldn't take advantage of, but hopefully uh, this will be a good thing for people and they should give it a try, but it's a tough one for those dealers who are dealing with the transition. Yeah, I think that's a good promotion. I definitely would go in the door just for the, you know, for gold, you can get $100 to gamble or uh, food and beverage, depending on which way you want to go with it. I guess you get to decide when when you're doing the match. So, you know, we've talked about in the past how you can match Hyatt status over to MGM Gold. So you, if you have Hyatt status, this is like a free $100 dinner in, in Vegas. So you better take advantage of it for sure. I do wonder how long they'll let that you know roll out and how long it will go. But this just shows the difference. I know this isn't for like somebody new signing up for it. It's to, to match people over and keep MGM loyalists. But you know compared to what we talked about with Virgin, where they're putting you into a raffle if you brought someone in and convinced them to sign up and referred them. It was like a whole weird type of thing. This is much more straightforward. I definitely think it will be popular and people will go do it. Now, the whole gaming experience and what the program offers will be deciding if they stay or not, but this should get them in the door for sure, which is, you know, goal number one. And the nice thing about Unity by Hard Rock is that it is a nationwide program. Almost all of their properties are now on it, and I believe even the Atlantic City one will be on it probably this year, Uh, but you'll be able to go to any of the regional Hard Rocks, earn points, use them in Vegas, vice versa. So, This is a pretty robust program with a lot of properties, probably more robust than MGM Rewards when you consider they have, I I mean, they have quite a few markets now, I guess, with Detroit and Biloxi and 
uh, Atlantic City and a few others. But uh, certainly if you like regional casinos, there's a lot of hard rocks around and it's nice to be in that ecosystem. So yeah, definitely go and match and get your stuff. Good to see them offering that. The big leagues compared to Virgin, who is uh, <laughs> offering their little uh, raffle for signing up. Good times at Mirage. We'll continue to keep you guys updated. Still called Mirage for a couple more years. And again, I'll just plug that video. If you want to know all of the stuff that Hard Rock's going to do to the Mirage, check out the gutting Mirage video. We went into full detail about what you can expect at the new Hard Rock Las Vegas. But for now, just a different owner, same name. Did you see that they were charging 20 to $30 to get a view of the volcano that they're going to rip out too? <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> yeah, like salt, exactly. salt in the wound. They're like, hey, we know you guys like this thing. We're going to take it away, but you're going to pay to see it. Yeah, you get the... You get the view. What are they going to charge for the guitar tower view when it's all set in? Although those volcano rooms are going to have a nice, yeah, they're going to have a nice construction view uh, for a while. So yeah, you better get in while you can, right there. All right. So we talked about Plaza doing the drone show on New Year's Eve, and the LVCVA released a whole list of everything going on in Las Vegas on New Year's Eve including the traditional fireworks show that they do across multiple strip properties. This year, Aria, Caesars Palace, MGM Grand, Planet Hollywood, Resorts World, The Strat, Treasure Island, and The Venetian are all participating in that. So it should be a very widespread, pretty cool show, although it won't have any drones, Mark. So start there. I'm, uh, I'm a little disappointed. Wouldn't it be cool to see like eight drone shows over the strip all synced together? Maybe we need a few more years to do that. Sounds pretty expensive. Need a million drones going the whole length of the strip, but no, it would be cool. And you know, just if they're all kind of coordinated, that's I like that they do that. Um, versus you know, show here, show there, like if they intertwine them, that would be awesome. Uh, and of course, the strip will be shut down for all of this, so you can walk and and uh, do what we always want to do every day. Mark's Mark's dream, <laughs> Mark's dream scenario <laughs> happens uh, on New Year's Eve. All right, there are a lot of acts in town too including uh, The Killers, hometown The Killers are performing at Chelsea at Cosmo. You have Kevin Hart over at Resorts World. Bruno Mars is doing his residency. Pitbull is performing at the Resorts World Event Center, which I didn't even realize was finished. So I guess that's a, a new venue there at Resorts World that they were under construction since they opened. And Pitbull is amazing. I saw him once uh, at, believe it or not, at the old Hard Rock in the joint over there. One of the best shows I've ever seen. So if you ever get a chance to see Pitbull, you wouldn't think it. I mean, I've liked his music enough, but I wasn't ever a big fan of his. And watching him perform, really good. And Gwen Stefani, Bob the Drag Queen from, uh, from RuPaul's Drag Race. Everybody's here in Las Vegas on New Year's Eve. So it'll be a fun time. If I'm going to go see one show, though, it's going to be Plaza's Drone Show, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah, I think that's the, the most unique of it. You know, the other ones you can see... Anytime, anywhere, drone show, you know, maybe will be once or twice a year that they'll do it. Hopefully they keep doing it. Hopefully it's successful and, and it comes out well and, and they do it 4th of July and then New Year's and everything. So, and then maybe the strip. All right. And the uh, last story, the Proper Eats Food Hall, you know, quote unquote, I know people out there like it when we do the air quotes with Food Hall. Yeah, they also call it a food court, but it, <laughs> it now opened replacing Aria's Buffet on the second level of that property. It looks pretty good. And... You know, I think every casino that opens now is going to have a food hall, right? It just seems like it's the in thing to do. Um, Circus Circus opened their food court last year, right? And that was more traditional Dairy Queen, stuff like that. The food halls tend to have more unique food, higher quality food. But if you look at the prices, prices at these food halls are kind of similar to what you would pay at a sit-down restaurant in another city. 
although it seems like the food quality is pretty good. It looks really nice. I saw some video on Twitter and uh, yeah, it looks pretty nice in there. A nice addition. I am sad. I really did like that buffet though. Yeah, it's that, you know, the buffet is kind of dying a bit like we've talked about in the in the past episodes, but there's still a couple out there. So sad to see it go away. You know, I always thought of the food courts in before they became special food halls. They were kind of like the way place you could go when you're gambling and drinking and stuff and get something that was reasonably priced. And now it's basically the cost of going to a regular restaurant. So I don't see the attraction as much. I know the food quality is probably a bit better, but I always like to have that one option, like go get a slice of pizza for six bucks. And now it's nine, 10, 12 bucks a slice, which is just crazy. Uh, so I would like to see kind of a mixture of that. Like you can have your higher end food hall stuff, but at least have a couple that are, you know, good grab and go places that, that offer value for the people. Well, the good news for you, Pizza Oki at, uh, at the food hall there only charges $6 a slice for a regular slice. And I think it's like $30 for a pie. The bad news is that Vital Vegas said it wasn't very good. So I don't know. I mean, that's the only review I saw of it so far. But another it's be pizza option those, on the strip. Those cake boss machines spitting out pizza. It's got to be better than that, at least. <laughs> is it me or have we just gotten a lot of like really bad pizza options this last year or two on the strip? There used to be so many good ones coming up. But yeah, I haven't seen great reviews of a lot of the new pizza. Although maybe it is good. You know, Vital Vegas isn't a food critic, so we will uh, we'll take that with a grain of salt. But, yeah, it's, it's open now, and you can find it on the second floor of Aria. And, you know, Buffalo Bill's out in Prim is opening up tomorrow as we, or actually the day that this comes out on December 23rd. I'll be driving back home from my cruise December 24th, so I'm going to stop in there. So on the next show, I'll be able to talk to you guys a little bit about what it's like. I may film a standalone video as well, but I'm excited to get back in there. So a lot of fun stuff coming up. And I did want to talk in a future show about the casino here on the ship as well. So a lot to look forward to. But in the meantime, I wanted to wish you, Mark, a Merry Christmas and everybody out there a Merry Christmas and a Happy Hanukkah and a Happy New Year. But we'll, we'll get to that next week because we have another show coming before New Year's. But yeah, it's been fun and interesting to see this end of year. It's been an interesting year in Las Vegas. Yeah, definitely happy holidays to everybody out there for watching. Thank you so much for watching, for subscribing. Uh, it's been a crazy year in Vegas, and it's been a pleasure to cover it, and so many interesting stories every week. It's you, you think that we'd run out of stuff to talk about, but every week something you know new and interesting pops up, so I can't wait to see the new casinos getting built and all the changes that are coming to Vegas, and you know prices keep going up, but... Hopefully, you know, there's still value to be had there for sure. Prices keep going up, but the love for Vegas never dies. And we will continue in 2023 to cover it for you. And in the meantime, hit us up in the comments. Let us know what you think about any of these topics. Is a gondola system on the strip? Is that the answer? Or are we just idiots again? Be a little nice, right? It's Christmas Both. week, so be a little nice <laughs> in the comments. But <laughs> you can disagree with us. And we'd love to discuss everything with you there. And if you like the channel, don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you receive notifications of all of our new videos. We do two videos a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, and lots of good stuff if you haven't watched one of our videos lately, all of the latest Vegas news. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time.